This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go. Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on War Games Wednesday. I'm going to go ahead and bring in some VIPs. What? 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 Yes, there we are. So let's keep it on the quiet side. So today, wow, my video that blurry? Maybe if I make everybody smaller, it'll get my video better. Larry Schneider, welcome. So... Yep, this is my internet at the office. Gotta love it. So I'm like, hi, me, crystal clear. Me, blurry. What? So, but guys, let's talk about, so I was sitting there today going, I got to think, what is it I'm going to talk about? Because I've been really busy with everybody doing, let's go and let's set up the War Games calendar. So if everybody can, I don't know if you can see that or not, but I got War Games booked out until the end of July with guest trainers. So we are definitely going to be having some good stuff coming in and uh, sharing with you guys. But yeah, look at that. I'm, I'm watching it on the screen too. It's all blurry on that screen too. But um, when you look at it, we, we've got a lot of people coming on. I got uh, a lot of good stuff coming to share your way. But one of the things I wanted to talk about today, um, and I wanted to share with you guys, um, is I need to talk to you guys about the customer journey. So what is it that your customers are going through? And I think a lot of times we forget to say, and I was I was dealing with a client the other day and I said, have you bought from yourself yet? Have you actually gone through your own sales process? If you had gone through your own sales process, I think you may be changing your, your tune on what things are, are going to happen. So I'm going to jump over and I want to talk to you about the normal customer journey. And this is going to apply to anybody anybody's business that's out there. And I want to see where it is. So in automotive, we talk about road to the sale. How do you get the person from hello to goodbye and they're driving a vehicle? But that has to do with software sales, has to do with the moving companies I work with, the video gaming companies I work with. Everything is about how do I get my customer from that hello 
to exchanging money to leaving with a product. And so we all have the same things. But when it comes to that road to the sale, sometimes we build in potholes and we build those potholes in and that what what happens when you hit a pothole? Okay, I guarantee you ain't feeling good about it. And when you do that, you get angry, you get upset, you start cursing out the city, right? The same thing happens when it's somebody who's dealing with your process in your business. And so I wanted to say, let's look at this and let's see exactly where it is. So I'm going to jump over, start sharing a screen for you guys. There we go. Look at that. We'll take it all the way up to this. So when you look at this, I'm going to tell you, you start with there's initiated contact. Okay, I'm going to touch every box and then we're going to go back through it again. But initiated contact means an email is sent or there's a phone call made on the receiving end. Now, guys, I will tell you, sometimes that initiated contact is me reaching out to a prospect. It's me reaching out to them and then them replying. Either way, somebody is making an initial contact. Someone is receiving it. I either answer the phone or reply back. Now we have two-way contact. As we go through our two-way contact, we're going to go down to, we either now set a meeting for either a virtual meeting or an in-person. Virtual can just be a phone call. We go back and forth with all the information. We review the product that we have. And as we review that product, we then go over features, advantages, and benefits. Now we look at product demonstration. How do things work? What does the product that I'm selling do? Then I want to come back to and say pricing gets reviewed. We start discussing more of value versus cost. Then we go to the negotiation. That's the give and take. I want this. You want this. I want that. Back and forth. I put the little happy face there with the hard eyes. Why? Because we come to an agreement. Sometimes we don't have to negotiate. And depending on your product now and what you have, if you're the only person in the game, if you're the only one with inventory, if you're the only person who does what you do, then you're dealing with the fact there is no need to negotiate. Sometimes people want to, but it's about your posturing to tell them that this is where we're at politely. But you're going to get back down to the agreement, verbal approval to move forward. We say, okay, great, let's do it. Then we go, now I need all these documents from you. In the real estate game, that's what, like 100 different documents that you got to present to get yourself to move forward. But we need to collect documents. Then we go sign agreements. Then we come down to delivery. This is when we part ways, typically. I say, okay, here's your product. You have it. I explained everything to you. Now it's yours, and it's up to you to go out and use it in the capacity in which it was supposed to be used. Then we follow up. As we follow up, we're going to get customer satisfaction feedback, and we're going to get referrals. And then how you go about getting referrals is whether or not you're going to get a lot or you're not going to get any. Then we put them into long-term follow-up, which means you should be using some form of a CRM tool. You need to have something, even if it's Outlook with reminders that comes up, but I like it to be automated. It needs to send out newsletters, specials, something along those lines. Then we do the strategic reach outs. That's when you turn around and say, I'm going to call, text, or I'm going to send a gift, right? Ken Walls talks about that. He sends the brownies and the drink cups and all that stuff that he sends out when somebody signs up in his program. That comes out a certain amount of time later. But as you do that, then what happens? If I keep those strategic reach outs going, right? Then all of a sudden they become interested again. And what does that do? Puts me right back up to the top on the initiated contact. Okay. And so then I start with them all over again to do the same thing. The best part about it is, is when it becomes a repeat customer, you're typically going to jump right into product demonstration. 
So you skip all of the stuff that's up at the top that's in there. So I want to know, does anybody have any questions? I'm going to go out and say hi to some of the people that jumped in here. As soon as I find my mouse from whatever monitor it's on. There we go. We got Miss Farha. Hello. Larry is out being the social butterfly saying hello to everybody. Because that's how Larry is. But So in this, can we all look and say that there are opportunities within this that says we could build in potholes? Where do we think the biggest pothole is going to be? Follow up. Follow up. Okay. Jaime, I'm going to unmute you. You tell me what you think. Okay. I didn't unmute you. I just left right. you mute. No, I, I think in the initial contact, because when, when you first make that initial contact, you don't know how serious they are. They, you know, you probably have two or three other customers and then you kind of ignore that one. If you don't set time with them or sit down with them, some people just ignore a good customer. Yes, they do. Got it. Alexander, you need to go to, what is it? Streamyard.com forward slash Facebook and tell them it's okay to use your beautiful face and name. That's there. Natalie said, follow up. Okay. Now remember, follow up. If you look at it down below, follow up is when, after I've already made the deal. Otherwise I'm still chasing somebody to try to get two-way contact. Okay. So when I look at follow-up, follow-up is painful if I don't have a system to help me, okay? But our number one pothole, when you look at this, is going to happen right in the beginning when it says email replied, the received ones, when I start my two-way contact. Because of the fact, that I, like Jaime was saying, I am going to fail in my response time because I forget that it's whoever gets to me faster wins, because if I, if I submit something to somebody, they do not reply to me, right? Then what did they just tell me? I, I don't want to, I don't want to use your, I, I don't want you as a client. And we, that's our first area of failure is, did we respond on time? Did we respond to what it is they asked us for? And are we actually engaging them in a conversation? If Amy Lee has a coaching program, she puts it out and says, I can help you with this. DM me if you're interested. And five people DM and she answers one of them and leaves the other four for three or four days. Right? What happens with that? The law of diminishing intent, right? Low daddy comes in. They're like, well, she didn't answer me when she finally does. They're not going to go, well, you're so busy. I understand. They're going to say, I was ready to spend money with you four days ago. Now I'm not now I'm not willing to do that because if you treated me that way after I expressed interest then then I don't want to go with you because once I give you my money you're going to disappear too. Right? And so it's about that two-way contact. Are we keeping it on on task? Are we keeping it in line with what we want somebody to do? But I encourage all of you. I'm going to post this customer journey in the group later tonight, right? But I want you all to look at it and say where is it that I fail? And then we can use the group itself to say, okay, I typically fail in the negotiation part. Okay. Then we can all jump in and help group coach in the spirit of the group to say, here's what I say, right? Like everybody on the group post with the, your price is too high. Okay. And then everybody started throwing in their answers. I'm like, this is great looking at the fact that multiple people are giving answers and you can see, I can see personality types coming through in their, in their answers, which is great. 
But looking at this, when you get to that point of meeting, and I, I look at it and I say, okay, even if I'm a, a realtor, I'm still going to set up the fact that I got to do a meeting, right? I think we need to do that. No, Justin, you don't get the car. I do. So he's playing Monopoly over here as we go through the game. But looking at that, are you doing the right product review? Are we asking enough questions to make sure I'm showing them the right things that they want to do? in that process. And most of the time we're not. And a lot of times we have a customer just simply says, this is what I want. And then we choose to just run with what they said they wanted. Okay. So I know Netta had a client the other day said, this is exactly what I want. And then came back later and said, well, your staff should have told me that I wanted something different. And you're like, but you didn't, you told me this is what you wanted. And that was the the drama. So the process has to be the same. I understand this is what you want. Let's review it. Let's explain what's going on. And let's make sure this is the right thing to go through. But features, advantages, and benefits. A lot of times people, people talk about the feature. And they talk about the, the benefit itself. So when I look at the feature advantage benefit, there has to be an advantage to them before there's a benefit for them. So when you look and say the car has anti-lock brakes, that's a feature. Okay. The, the benefit is what you avoid being in an accident. The advantage is that it keeps your family safe in the event of having to stop rapidly. So when I discuss it, I'm going to say, look, you have anti-lock braking system, right? It's going to keep your family safe because it won't allow the wheels to lock up and it'll keep everybody safe. But, and you go, wow, that makes a lot more sense than just saying it has anti-lock brakes right? Well, my advertising program can get out to 500 people. Okay. What's the advantage? If it's the wrong 500 people, it's not going to make a lot of sense, right? I'm the first guy to say, I don't care about how many people visit my website. I care about how many lead form submissions I get. Who clicked call, who clicked directions, and who sent in a lead form? You can give me all the, I, I, guys, we, there used to be a game all the time with people. Website providers had everybody in third world countries, right? Just like you can buy views on videos on YouTube, you can buy people going to a website. Guess what? Nobody out of the country is going to come buy something from me because I'm not selling it to them. So looking at this, discuss the feature advantage and benefits. A lot of times we just assume the client knows what it means, not that it's actually this is the advantage or this is the benefit and we just blow right past whatever it is. When you blow it here, okay, when you get to the product demonstration, it's not going to make as much sense. When you get to your value versus cost, it's going to hurt you in the fact that you haven't built enough value. Now you get to negotiate and you're not going to get to agreement because they don't see why it is worth what it is. And again, if you're going to sit back and take the approach, like Jaime doesn't negotiate price. It just, it is what it is. And so he's going to say, that's how much this is. When he says that, what happens to the rest of everybody? If he hasn't built enough value, then I don't see that it's worth it. And everything breaks down and there's a giant pothole. But that's because of the first pothole and the feature advantage benefit. And if we waited too long, we're going to miss that. So I look and say, Amy Lee coaching. If Amy Lee's coaching, there has to be the advantage and the benefit for what she provides. And too often we put out feature benefit and we don't tell them what it is uniquely to them that's going to happen. 
Okay. Documentation is documentation. We know that there's usually not a lot of issues with gathering documents for a pothole to come up, but signing agreements, you're going to run into another issue because now everything is broken out. All the numbers are listed. Everything is sitting there saying, here's what it is. So if you did anything in negotiation that was less than ethical or less than clear, then you're going to sit down and realize when you get to agreement, there's a pothole. And that pothole, every time you hit a pothole, guys, it's going to actually ruin the relationship with that person. And again, it's going to be taking away money from all of your deals. So you need to map out this overall process, right? Justin's out here. He wants to be the car. So if he's going to be the car in this little game coming through, Justin makes initial contact with people wherever his advertising source gets them. They send him something. His two-way contact starts with free samples, right? And he sends out the free samples that comes in, which means now there's they're actually reviewing the product real life. So he's jumped all the way through to get to that point. There isn't anybody better out there, I'm going to tell you right now, than Feature Advantage Benefit than listening to Justin explain to you his CBD oil. That boy gets out with every feature, every advantage, every benefit that comes out and he will lay it out to you as plain as day and has stories to explain every one of the features, right? And it's going to get you there. And the, the demonstration's already done when he gave you the product to try it. Now you don't have to argue about price. Everything on his moves all the way around to, hey, click on the website and buy it yourself. And then it gets delivered. So he streamlined the process by saying, here, try it for free. If anything, what is he getting? Only customers that are interested. If you're not interested, I'm not giving you my address and I'm not going to try to do it. But every time we run into a, a, a actual pothole. So if follow-up is your pothole, what happens? What does that mean? It means you're a hit it and quit it salesperson, right? You're doing one deal and moving on. There is no multiple purchases with you because you haven't gone through the follow-up. You haven't gone. Do you, does anybody know who's on the call right now? You guys up here, everybody who's listening. Do you guys know what is the number one way to get a referral? Ask for one. There you go. Ask for one is a great way. That, that is actually the second best way to get a referral. The first way. Right. I'm waiting just in case Charles Coachman wants to throw something up there. So, but the, the best way Michelle said, ask for it. She copied you, Amy. So, but when you look at that, right, what I'm going to tell you is the number one best way to get a referral is to exceed their expectations. When you exceed their expectations, Okay, as soon as I exceed their expectations, I'm going to get spoken about. Can we agree with that? As soon as you go, wow, this is so far above and beyond what I did. This is the same thing I explain to companies all the time. Do you know why you don't get your actual uh, Yelp reviews put in? Is because you delivered an experience that was the same as what I thought. Okay, now I don't go to McDonald's because, you know, Jaime and I are very healthy people. So, when you look at that, I'm going to tell you, what do we do? We go through McDonald's. You go to the first, you go to the two, two speakers. For some reason, there's two drive-thrus that go into one. You order, you pull to the first window. What do you do? You pay. 
right? You go to the second window, you get your food, they hand it to you, open the bag, you look down and you go, oh my gosh, it's exactly what I ordered. Do you guys whip out your phone and go, oh yeah, Yelp review, five stars. No, you don't do that. Why? Because you did what I expected. So stop expecting to somebody to go above and beyond. You know who goes above and beyond? Somebody pissed off. Somebody who's pissed off has the energy to go write a bad Yelp review. So if that's the case, understand, I have to do enough to get them to be impressed with me. Okay? Chick-fil-A, I don't know. I don't go to Chick-fil-A. They're too busy with their My Pleasures, which is what I train on, Amy Lee. So, but... That's what I look at. Can I ask a question that might be in the part that we've already done? Sure. Um, one of the things that I really struggle with, and yes, I know a lot of people that I know are in here. So one of the things I struggle with is the initial ask. And then uh, when I think of follow-up, I think of the follow-up before you say no. Like I ask and then I run away. And I'm like, and it's totally okay if you don't want to do this. Like it's sort of like, you know, like here's the thing if you want to look at it and then bye. And like, I think that where I lose it is on the, like, the, like, like the, I, I feel like asking more than once is, is like pushy. Does that make sense? Asking for the referral more than once or the sale? No, no, no. I'm back in the sale. I'm still okay. back in the That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's like, oh, I have this thing. Great. I'll look at it. Like, I feel like going back and asking if you had a chance to look at it is like annoying and pushy and, so I think I lose, when I think of follow-up, I think of follow-up still within the sale. Is there a different name for that? And do you have any thoughts on that? Well, again, follow-up in the flow of things here. So up in the, the top where I say two-way contact, that's, that's where you're chasing the prospect. That's where we're going back and forth until we get to that one, right? So mm -hmm. in there, yes. Do we have follow-up set up? Yes. Do we, but once you've actually made the contact with the person and you've actually talked to them about it, here's one of the things I want to say. I want to say you can't chase people forever, but you need, you owe, owe it to them to ask multiple times. Okay. So I would simply sit back and say, Amy Lee, you need to ask them five times whether or not they want to buy. Okay. Why? Because 71% of the people won't say yes until the fifth time you ask. Okay. And I will tell you that a lot of times that person who says yes on the first time you ask is also your biggest nightmare of a client. Right. They're like, oh yeah. And then they come back, you know, it really wasn't what I thought it was. And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. and you're like, oh my Lord. Right. Every once in a while we get excited. Somebody's like, yes, that'll be great. And they get, they come on board and we're all happy about it. But for the most part, that's not where we're going to be. And so I want you to say, it's okay to ask multiple times. Do you believe your product will help them in some way? Okay. So can if, I interrupt? Yes. Sorry. Emily, another thing you can do is ask them if it's okay. If they say, I want to think about it or I want to look at it a little further. Well, is it okay if I follow up with you tomorrow? Because then tomorrow or... I'm going to go have lunch and talk about it with my husband. Well, is it okay if I call you after lunch? So ask them if it's okay to follow up with them. That way, when you do follow up, you can say, are you ready now? Or you can ask for the sale again. But I agree with Joe. You're going to have to ask for sale multiple times until they say yes or tell you not to flip and call them again. 
So, Luigi, the cease and desist letters are fine. I'm totally okay with those. But when you look at that. But, again, Amy Lee, you believe you're bothering somebody instead of believing that you're helping them. Right? If your product is going to help them, right? If your product is a pencil and they can get it anywhere, right? Then there's no reason to keep following up and chasing somebody. But overall, what I'm saying is you need to look and say, I owe it to them to follow up so that I can get, they, they deserve the outcome. They deserve the product. They deserve what it is I'm putting out there. But that's what I look at and say, do it. But for each one of the people you have, put them down and put little tick marks that come up, right? You can send them a text to, as a follow-up and say, are there any other questions you have? Including the one that said, will you stop texting? Is, will she ever stop texting me about this? That's a question you could ask. Right. I'm okay with making it about humor and, and playing with it as opposed to just being hardcore sales and pushing all the time. But you don't want to be chasing somebody who's dead. And I'd much rather say, please tell me you're dead than have me continue to follow up. Right. With all my clients, I'm like, two way contact is amazing. When I get two way contact, at least I know you're somebody real. And I don't care if, the, if it says F you on the text message. I'm like, well, at least you were real and I must have done something because now you're, you've actually replied. But at least I know not to keep calling, texting, and emailing you, right? So I'm not chasing you to go after that. I'm actually saying I'm reaching out. You can tell me to stop at any time. But some pe most people aren't, right? It's 69% of the people are all worried about relationship, giggity. But when you look at that and say they're all worried about relationship, then they're not going to be the hardcore, just shut up and leave me alone. But they need you to keep going through it, right? Luigi suggests using memes, okay? I don't know, send them a meme of somebody on the toilet. Say, are you almost done, right? Time to shit or get off the pot. So, but that's all I'm saying is that if you need them to actually do it, and yes, Luigi is absolutely right. Look, he's got all kind of value today because he got picked on yesterday, right, Jaime? So they see it as funny thing. It brings the pressure down to go through. But again, that's the same point with me is always put the humor in. If you put the humor in, it's going to put it down and say, this person is, is still trying to help me, right? And I want somebody that is going to try to help me. But I don't believe my programs, my services, my products will are detrimental to anybody in any way. And I believe it's going to benefit them. And I owe it to them to get to that point where they believe it too. Sometimes they're just pushing to see if you're going to nurture the relationship long enough to get to the sale. The ones that don't care about the relationship, I click really well with. We make sales right away. The other ones are like, I want you to to court me. I want you to come through. You need to actually put it in the right way. So that's what I want you to do. But again, guys, all I'm saying is that look at your customer journey, decide where the potholes are, and let's go after the potholes. When we take them away, when the potholes come out, everything goes through smoother, right? The issue that we have in companies, in individual sales processes, everything that we do our issue comes from the fact that we have potholes in our customer journey, and then all we do is scale it, right? Jaime, we were talking about this earlier, right? Whether it's just you or you have a whole team, if your process has that, has a pothole in it, 
what are you going to do when you add 10 people to go push everybody through the sales process? You're throwing 10 customers or prospects into potholes, which means now I got to have a full-time customer satisfaction person to give away all the profit I make selling products because everybody is pissed off, right? I don't want to charge back. That's not what I'm looking for, right? Over deliver to get your referrals. And it's okay if you over deliver. If I sit there and go, my God, Amy Lee, that was the best program I've ever been through. When it was this, it was this, it was this. Wow, it's amazing. You, then you could easily go, that's great. Who else needs to know this? Then you get referrals. And now you can talk to them because they've given you that feedback already. Right? So hopefully that makes sense. So I want everybody looking at their process, map it out yourself. That's just a template that I went through and put in, right? If I knew how to take out one of the boxes, I would have because I was already done. I was like, crap, now I got to add one more thing in there to get to the end. But so looking at that, guys, just define your customer's journey. Put yourself through your own sales process. Once you put yourself through your own sales process, you'll know where the breakdown is. And you have to go through every piece. Don't just go, this is where we do paperwork. This is where I send them this. No, send yourself the, the DocuSign documents. See if it's a pain in the butt to go through, right? So Ken Walls put something out the other day. He's not on here yet, so I can, I can slam him. He sent out with his new, look at my funnels, right? He sent out a new document that says, hey, I got a training I'm going to be doing <coughs> on Thursday. Sign up here. So I was like, okay, I went through the sign up. Then all of a sudden it says, great, now sign up. And I'm like, I, I, I just I just filled out everything. Granted, it was a browser fill out, so it wasn't painful. But I click, I'm like, okay, click again. Boom, it asked me for it again. I immediately text him and said, bro, it makes you fill it out twice. Is that your new double opt-in? Right? Because that's not what a double opt-in is. Fill out my entire entry form twice. And he was like, well, no, I'm using it this way. And then he went in and figured it out. He was like, thanks for telling me. Went back and changed it for other people so that they don't get it on the double that goes through. So you don't want to make it as pain, painful to your, your client. What we're going for, guys, and think of it this way. I'm looking for a frictionless sales process. Everybody now is looking for no friction. Don't fight me. Walk me through the process. Okay. Guys, they put velvet ropes up to get people to walk down the aisleways together, right? They don't build wooden hallways and they don't have somebody reaching out and slapping you every time you try to push away on the velvet rope. They say, here's the rope. Here's the process. This is where we're going. Build, build, your, build your aisleway and, let, and show them how to walk down it. But when you make it painful, you're in trouble and you cost yourself sales. So for all the crystal clear people on the panel there, because I'm looking at it on Facebook going, I'm blurry. Yes. I look really good in blur. Just so you guys know that. Yeah. So Luigi says less friction, more money. Yep. Amazon isn't even the cheapest, but it's the most convenient. So, but any questions, anybody here before we kick it out? Because... I now have to fly solo on Clubhouse for the automotive one. And Amy Lee is going to be in the Grow Live Academy tonight, for those of you that are in Grow Live. She's going to be teaching in Ken's class. That's supposed to be Thursday, but it's now Wednesday. It's all over the place. But 
Yeah, so, so answer my poll if you're in there, guys. Because, yeah, answer my poll, please. Uh, she's not referring only, to Polish people. That's not what the, she's the one thing I usually do when I'm selling is is I'm trying to get the information from like gathering intel, what they say, and uh, and I make sure I get like five or six things that they want fixed, little problems they want. So when I go to ask for the sale, I said, well, didn't you say you wanted the four-door because of this? Or didn't you want this color because of this? Yeah, he goes, so let's do it. And then at least you got five reasons or you go through every problem they had and what it solved. So you can ask them five times for the clothes. And you right. don't feel like an ask one. Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? Greg Williams, welcome, my brother. Uh, it will be posted later this evening. So it'll be in the group and you'll be able to get it from there. So this one that is here now, let's go share it again. We put it up here. So it is here. And I will tell you that this is what we're trying to remove. Okay. Overall, if you notice, there's still little potholes in there. Okay. There's little potholes everywhere that's there. But I say get rid of the biggest ones first, then go back and get rid of the other ones. But this slide won't be there, but the first slide will. That'll be there tonight. So that way you can download the image for free. Yes. Since it's free, will it be blurry? No, just me. But I will include a picture of myself that's blurry next to it. So, but fantastic, everybody. I have a meeting to jump over to. If we have no other questions, then uh, grab the slide. Do something with it, please. That's the whole reason is to sit down and customize it to you. So tonight when the slide comes out, I want you to grab it and say, hey, this is what this is what we need to do. And how do I make it better? When you take action on the information you learn, that's when the change comes. Otherwise, this is just a warm bath and you're just hanging out over here going, oh, I get it. That'll be where that, that's exactly what I need to do. I won't do it, but that's exactly what I need to do. So. But perfect. Sandy Archer, you're most welcome. Non-party people, Charles, be good. Everybody else, I want to say go out and sell something. Thanks. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go.